The American Thoracic Society. We help the world breathe. Good evening, everyone. This is Dr. Alan Fine, the podcast editor of the Annals of the American Thoracic Society, here tonight to talk about a very common and vexing clinical problem, that of small, non-fatal pulmonary emboli and how to interpret the CT scan in patients who have signs at least that might suggest pulmonary emboli, but in whom the CT scan is difficult to interpret. And tonight we have with us Dr. Diane Strollo, who is a clinical associate professor in the Department of Cardiothoracic Surgery and a real expert in interpreting CT pulmonary angiograms as well as other tests for pulmonary emboli. And she's the author of an editorial in this month's annals entitled Small Non-Fatal Pulmonary Emboli is CTPA the Culprit. And she was commenting on an article that was written by Dr. Wallace Miller, also looking at a small pulmonary artery defects as not being reliable indicators of pulmonary embolism. So uh, I thought we could start by dealing with this complex problem by asking some general questions of, of Dr. Strollo. I know CT angiogram is the most common way we diagnose pulmonary embolus. When I was a resident, we were using VQ scans, but do you think CTPA is an advance over ventilation perfusion scanning? Should it be our gold standard? And what are its limitations? Well, you're talking to radiologists, so I like CT angiography, and I think it is the imaging test of choice for pulmonary embolism because it's readily available, it's extremely fast, and it's highly sensitive and specific. In addition, a normal CT angiogram has a high negative predictive value for PE in that only 1% of patients with a normal CT angiogram will have a PE during a three-month follow-up period. You know, compared to our conventional ventilation perfusion scan, the CT angiogram has fewer inconclusive tests results and frequently reveals an alternate diagnosis such as pneumonia, malignancy, or dissection, aortic dissection that can uh, explain the patient's symptoms. Of course, CT does have some significant limitations. First, it's a high radiation dose, 3 to 5 millisieverts per study, and this is especially important in young women of reproductive age. We have to administer intravenous iodinated contrast, and this can be relatively contraindicated in patients with an IV contrast allergy or impaired renal function. CT is certainly expensive, and we frequently discover incidental findings such as an indeterminate pulmonary nodule that may ensnare the patient into a prolonged imaging vortex of follow-up studies. We can see that all is not roses, and I, I know certainly from my own recent experience, there's a lot of pushback from patients about the use of CT in general regarding the radiation dosing. A lot of this has come from the medical, but more importantly, the lay press. And uh, do you think there are alternative ways of diagnosing pulmonary embolism? Uh, and how would you recommend we approach the diagnosis of CT? When should we not be ordering CT angiograms, the symptoms of pulmonary embolism, so broad and nonspecific. So what are your thoughts? 
You know, sometimes when we're looking at, you know, the diagnosis of PE, especially subsegmental PE, my thoughts are, you know, buyer beware. A small PE or isolated subsegmental PE have been reported in up to 30% of CT angiogram studies for pulmonary embolism. And it's my opinion that with, I think, some of the overuse of CT for PE, that most radiologists, if there is an uncertainty in the diagnosis of small PE, there is a seduction to overcall it. So in some cases, you know, maybe we can still use a method like the conventional ventilation perfusion scintigraphy. It was our first-line imaging study for many years. And some recent reports suggest that patients with a normal chest X-ray, we can use just the perfusion scintigraphy alone without the ventilation scan. And we can still detect or exclude PE with high sensitivity and specificity. So this might be an alternative imaging method, let's say, especially in young women due to their increased risk of breast cancer from radiation and because of the lower morbidity in this specific group of patients. Do you think, think there are any blood tests that are useful? Well, I think certainly when we are trying to triage our patients who should go to CT angiography, we really liked when our clinical colleagues use the pretest probability scoring and also D-dimer assays to appropriately select patients that will most benefit from imaging with CTA. Yeah, it still remains a very difficult clinical decision, even when you factor in D-dimer, just because many it, of the it patients... Is. It's easier, with, it is much more complicated from the, the clinician's perspective. Yeah, and D-dimer may be elevated for a whole host of yeah, reasons, absolutely. especially in patients at risk for pulmonary embolism. So do you want to tell us about the paper and your editorial? What do you think the take-home messages? Dr. Wally Miller Jr. and his colleagues focused on the problem over, of overdiagnosis of PE, especially small and subsegmental PE. This is an interesting retrospective study of more than 900 patients with a CT angiograms performed for PE over a 12-month period at a tertiary level university hospital. And 174 CTs, that is 19%, were interpreted as positive for PE by community radiologists who had high degree of training and mixed specialty background training. There was an expert panel of three academic radiologists compared their interpretations of the positive CTs and compared that to those of the community radiologists for accuracy of interpretation. So in this study, both the thoracic and community radiologists exhibited nearly perfect agreement for the diagnosis of central PE to the level of the segmental pulmonary arteries, but both had high rates of inaccuracy when evaluating subsegmental pulmonary arteries and small defects. The authors found that the probability of a false positive finding increased when the quality of the CT was less than optimal and when the filling defect was solitary, when it measured six millimeters or small in the short axis, or when it involved the peripheral pulmonary artery. And on the consensus readings, a little more than one out of four of the subsegmental defects interpreted by the community radiologists were judged indeterminate, and 15% were deemed false positive findings. And while the thoracic radiologists performed better than the community radiologists, their performance was also adversely affected by subsegmental location and or small defect size. So the author's take-home message was that, you know, the overdiagnosis of PE on CT angiogram represents a significant problem of quality and safety. Radiologists in the community, especially in the community, may be more likely to overdiagnose small PE, and the most common reason is lack of recognition of the typical imaging pitfalls. The authors recommend that subsegmental PE and small defects on low-quality CT angiograms should be decided by consensus readings, and they suggest that radiologists should report on the quality of the exam and the generation of the pulmonary arteries where we can reliably confirm or exclude the diagnosis of PE.
I like the suggestion that the quality of the study should be reported. I'm not so sure that the idea of consensus in an acutely ill patient is going to work. I agree with you on that point. I think it's a noble recommendation, but now, you know, with our large, heavy radiology workloads and the clinicians right. that face the same problem, and we have the expectation for rapid turnaround of studies and reports, uh, the consensus reading service may be very difficult to provide. I've had several patients recently with this problem of sub segmental defects and a lot of disagreement among the uh, radiologists. Pulmonary emboli were called, then recalled. So do you think you can reliably call a subsegmental pulmonary embolus? I mean, or does it just end up being a clinical decision taking into account risks which I guess it always is, but do you think it can be reliably called? I think it can be. You know, when our imaging technique is pristine, the patient was able to hold their breath perfectly, the study is perfect, there are times I think there are irrefutable findings of subsegmental PE. I'm not always sure what they mean, but I think there are times that you could get all radiologists would agree that subsegmental PE were present. Yeah, some of the literature that I've seen suggests that long-term outcome with subsegmental pulmonary emboli alone is significantly better and maybe doesn't always have to be treated. I'm not a clinician, but that would be my gut feeling from that is that Yeah, I don't you know, I'm not sure anybody's really taken that step, but you know, right. at least that's a hypothesis that is I, out I, there and there is some supporting literature. I agree. I mean, I think we have to be cognizant that CT angiography may be overly sensitive in the detection of incidental and small clinically insignificant PE, and that these PE may not adversely affect outcomes when left untreated. Of course, the problem will be deciding which patients with tiny PE should or should not be treated. A final thought, and you know, I know this is a several-hour discussion, but are there any techniques on the horizon that can improve on uh, the current CT angiography, the technology, the technique, the interpretation. Give I, us I a think, taste of what's out there. Yeah, I think some of that's coming. I think in the upcoming years we'll see continued improvement and in all of our current imaging modalities, especially CT. As CT technology continues to rapidly improve, now with up to 320 detectors, that is, with each single rotation of the CT gantry, that generates 320 ultra-thin images, and with the super-thin and super-fast imaging, I anticipate that we will be detecting more and smaller pulmonary artery filling defects. And with this, I think our radiologists will need continued education about the interpretation of PE in the setting of our technical pitfalls and artifacts. There are a couple other new modalities also along with, uh, with CT, and we have our dual energy CT angiography, which can distinguish the different absorption characteristics of different types of tissues. It can detect blood clots in the pulmonary arteries and delineate perfusion defects. This may improve the sensitivity and the detection of PE, but you know, further validation studies are needed. We also have the EKG-gated CT angiography. This is the so-called triple rule-out study that can be used to evaluate the pulmonary arteries, the coronary arteries, and the aorta in patients with chest affected right, PE, but this has a high radiation exam. dose and, and more contrast is needed, so it's not always optimal for the diagnosis of suspected PE. Well, we have covered in the last few minutes a great 
overview of a very complicated and frustrating problem, that of the small subsegmental pulmonary embolus. And I want to thank Dr. Diane Strollo from the University of Pittsburgh for sharing her very cogent thoughts with us. And for the annals of the American Thoracic Society, this is Dr. Alan Fine wishing you a great day, great evening from whatever part of the world you're listening. 